hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. How you doing out there? Great to be with you. Kia ora whanau and a big hello and welcome to our online audience. I'm going to continue today with our sermon series, Created to Dream. We're all created to dream. God gives us inspiration and revelation and the ability to dream. When I was a kid growing up, it was my job to cut the grass. Every week, that was my job to mow the lawns. And my mum and dad always seemed to have a a large property and a large lawn. And through most of my teenage years, they had about an acre and a quarter of established gardens and lawns. And my mum loved gardening. She even won Omaru Garden of the Year one year. So gardening was her thing. And so I had to cut the grass. And I found it so frustrating when I would cut the grass on a Saturday morning and my mum would be out there with the sprinkler and the fertiliser and, oh my goodness, she could grow grass. And then the following Saturday I'd go to mow the lawns and honestly you'd mow about four metres and the catcher would be full and the grass is spilling out and it would take me hours. And I'm like, ah. So... So uh, when it comes to me with gardening, I'm either going to be like my mother or the opposite. I'm the opposite. (laughs) Fast forward a little bit, I got married and I married the woman of my dreams and we brought a house and it was on a small section with a little lawn and uh, I I liked that. I most certainly didn't water the lawn or fertilise it or encourage the grass to grow. But I remember this, our very first Christmas holidays, we we went away uh, for our Christmas holiday. And and when I got back, uh, I mean, Ashburton's hot, it's dry, we get those nor'westers, don't we? And must have been hot over Christmas those few weeks because I came back and uh, walking up the uh, garden path and I'm like, my grass is dead. (laughs) It's died. I'm like, oh no. Perhaps you'd need to water and fertilise grass to keep it alive. And like, it's dead, like it's tinder, it's brown, it's dead. And I'm like, oh well, don't have to mow it now. <laughs> Got real easy for a few weeks, it was just uh, knocked the dandelions off and I didn't even need a catcher. But then uh, like uh, six weeks later, a couple of months later, we got uh, two or three days of heavy rain. And, and a couple of days after the heavy rain, I'm walking along the path going, look at that, my grass is alive again. It's come back to life. It's green, it's alive, it's flourishing. Wow. And do you know what? I think that can be the same for us with our dreams. That we may feel like we've had a dream from God and it's died, it's dead, It's gone, but it's just dormant, waiting for that rain to come again. You know, our dreams can get buried under disappointment, under discouragement, but they're just dormant. You know, God's promises are yes and amen. 
but life can be hard. Lisa shared that this morning. You know, you miss out on the job or the job promotion. You get a bad medical report. Your marriage ends in separation. And, uh, you know, it doesn't help with your dreams, does it? You know, they seem to get buried and lost. And where are you, God, in all of this? But our God is the God of the resurrection. Can I hear an amen? I mean, he was dead and he was buried and he was in the ground. And three days later, he got up triumphantly from the grave. And our dreams can be just like that. It can seem like they're dead, but I want to declare this morning they're just dormant. And our God wants to resurrect them, and our God wants to make them bigger. And the title of today's message is, Remember Your Dream. Hold on to your dream. Remember that time God whispered to you about your destiny and your purpose. Remember that time you encountered God and you just wanted to explode with everything he was downloading and depositing in your heart. Remember that time where you were reading the scripture and the words just came alive and uh, were just full of life and purpose and passion. Remember those times. Remember that time you, you encountered God and you wept as he was just declaring who you are and the purposes of God. Remember your dream. Because God's promises are yes and amen. And the greater your dream, the greater your potential. The greater your potential, the greater your opposition. Your enemy is scared of your dream. And uh, thieves don't break into empty houses. I mean, you're under attack because there's so much potential within you. Dreams are seeds of greatness. Isaiah 51 verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's promises, again, are yes and amen for your life. He is true to his word. What he started in your life, he is going to finish it. But Lisa shared today, life is full of ups and downs. Our lives are like a roller coaster ride. You know, one minute life's great and then it just seems to bottom out. And life can be like a J curve. I want to do the letter J and I know I'm doing it backwards, but is that, like, is that like a J for you guys? Yeah, would you look at that? <laughs> life is like a, a J curve and I look back at my life and it's just ups and downs. A roller coaster ride. It'd be nice if it was just steady and consistent, but it doesn't go like that. And we can look in the Bible and we can see that happens for, for people in the Bible as well. I think about Jesus and he's triumphantly entering into Jerusalem and they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, and they're laying out palm branches in their cloaks. And then one week later, He's handed over to the chief priests, where he's put on trial, where he's flogged, whipped, beaten, and then buried in a, in a tomb. 
I mean, that's getting pretty low, isn't it? And then the resurrection. He overcomes sin and death. He conquers the devil. He, his triumph is our triumph and our victory. And he said that the mighty right... I can't go high enough. He said that the mighty right hand of the Father. Can you see the Jacob? Think about David. Anointed to be king of Israel. Wow. Then what happens? He's put out to look after sheep. That's a job for a low servant. He's forgotten about. He's just in the wilderness with sheep. Yeah? And then by chance he takes supplies to his brothers and here's Goliath and they're all scared of him. He goes, well, I'll take him on. And he defeats Goliath and everybody's singing his praises. Can you see the J in that? I think about Caleb who, uh, who was with the Israelites when there was the Passover and they were set free from hundreds of years of slavery and then God parts the Red Sea and then Caleb and the people of Israel are in the wilderness just wandering around and around like hopelessly, no direction. And then Joshua leads them into the promised land where they overcome giants and fortified cities. They, they get grapes as big as basketballs. And, you know, they come up again. And then, I love this, and it fits my sermon, Caleb at 85 years of age goes, that mountain, I've dreamt about that mountain. One day I will take that mountain. He remembers his dream. He remembers what God says to him. And he goes to Joshua and says, allow me to take that mountain. I've dreamt of this day. I might be 85, but I'm as strong as I've ever been. I'm full of faith. And God has promised me that mountain. Give me my mountain. The wilderness wasn't the end. It was just the bottom of the J-curve. And you just think about your life. It's just J-curve after J-curve after J-curve. And we're all in various places on the J-curve. Life is like that roller coaster ride, isn't it? You're trying to understand things this morning. You're trying to work it all out. But God would say to you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. I want to take some time to look at Joseph, and, and we're using the J-curve this morning. Joseph, what an incredible young man. At 17, God gave him outrageous dreams. At 17. What were you doing when you were 17? I was lost. I was confused. I didn't know who I was, where I was going, what life was about. But Joseph got God-given dreams at 17. Isn't that incredible? Genesis 37 verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. You need to be careful with whom you share your dreams with. Because not everybody will be encouraging. And just because somebody's given up on their dream, don't let them discourage you in your dream. Dreamers understand dreamers. 
visionaries understand visionaries. Leaders understand leaders. So be careful with whom you share your dreams with. Verse 6. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaf stood up around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. You know, your dreams can threaten people. The thought of you rising higher than others can threaten them, make them feel insecure. So be careful with whom you share your dreams. I think Joseph was lacking a little bit of wisdom right here. Verse 9, Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. And they hated him even more. So here we have Joseph with outrageous dreams. God showing him his destiny and his purpose and that he's destined for greatness. And he has favor with God and favor with his father. But where are we heading now? Some people know Bible and we know where we're going. His brothers hated him and so they actually plotted to kill him. And then they thought actually rather than kill him, Let's sell him into slavery, make a couple of dollars off him. And that's what they did. So where's Joseph's life heading? He's now a slave. But he's a slave for Potiphar and he finds some favor. And you think that life is about to go up again. But then he's falsely accused of rape and he ends up in a prison. Whoa. Now he's in the prison. Think about that that cold, dungy, wet, damp, dark prison. I don't think he's singing the goodness of God in there. I think he's saying, God, why am I here? I was a faithful servant. I did what was right. And now, you know, I've been falsely accused of rape and I'm in the prison. Why, God? You gave me a dream, and now my life is a nightmare. Destiny Lane has hit a dead end. Why am I in the prison? And I believe there's people here today, and you can relate to Joseph. You had a dream for your marriage, and now it's over. You had a dream for your business, and it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. You had a dream, with, dream for your kids and now they're not walking with the Lord and you're like, oh God, why? But I've been faithful. Why has this happened to me? But it doesn't finish there. That's the great news. And I want to say that to you today. Your story doesn't finish here. Our God is the God of the resurrection, the God of new life. And just by chance it happens that... The Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, put his butler and his baker into prison. Sounds like a joke, I know, but he sent his butler and his baker to prison. And uh, they had dreams. 
and Joseph could interpret their dreams. And the butler got reinstated to the king's palace, and Joseph said, remember me. He didn't. He forgot about Joseph. Until one day, the most powerful man on the planet at that time, the pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a dream. And the butler said to him, I know a man who can interpret dreams. And the king said, bring him to me. Now what's happening in the life of Joseph? He's going from the prison to the palace. And he has a shave and he gets a haircut and he has a, has a bath and he puts on new clothes. And he's off and he finds favour with the most powerful, mighty man in all the earth. And he makes Joseph prime minister. He's second in charge. He has so much power and influence now. The world is then struck with famine, including Canaan and Joseph's brothers come to Joseph in Egypt. Genesis 50 verse 18. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph's 17-year-old dreams have been fulfilled. Verse 19, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. No man, no devil can hinder the plans of God. What God says he'll do, he'll do. And we see that in the life of Joseph. You know... God gave him the, these dreams, and the, he was arrogant. There was some pride. <laughs> Becoming a servant, going into prison can bring about some humility and some character change. And, and by the end of his life, he could see the hand of God had been through it all to bring about the purposes of God and to use Joseph in a great and mighty way. So is your setback a setback, or is it really a setup? And God worked on uh, Joseph's character to teach him some things about leadership that were, were important for where he was going. A number of years ago now, maybe six years ago, me and Lisa have been leading this church for seven years and apparently it can happen a lot to pastors. It's all of a sudden like, what do, what do we do now? It's like uh, we thought we were ready to hand over the church and people said, no, 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 you, you should keep going. You're really good at leading the church. You're just getting started. But we kind of hit a wall and we're like, oh, we don't know what's next. And so we went over to Akaroa and we took a couple of days out and I'd really recommend that to people to you know, take a couple of days out to be with God and, and seek purpose for your future. And so we went a, away over there and uh, we kind of prayed and reflected and spent some time. And uh, Lisa got a download from God and so did I. And, I, and I, what I really got was I, I was called to be a father. 
a spiritual father, a father in the house, and to be a father to many and to do a lot of work, especially with men and men's ministry. And so we, over at Karao, and you get that little bit of energy and that little bit of buzz, and you're like, yeah, you put a fuel in the tank, and you come back, and we, and we had our daughter's wedding, and that was great. That was so exciting, and so we did that. And then just a few days after Ruby's wedding, um, Lisa's father was diagnosed with cancer. Can you see where the J's going? And it's like, oh, no, and you're hoping that, you know, he can be healed or a miracle and you can come back up again. But no, it was bad news after bad news after bad news. And then, um, sadly, he passed away and that was uh, devastating. And I, I kid you not, right at the same time, even while he was in hospital not well, and straight after he died, when you know, I'm quite low and quite flat, we had so many people leave the church. I think I had four families in a fortnight leave, and they weren't going to another town. They were deciding to go to other churches in the town. Like, I'm pretty low and flat, and like four in a fortnight, and that's, that's a record, but... <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, you're really low, and you really start to question, like, should I really be pastoring the church? I, I think it's time for a change. I, I don't think I should be doing this. And then we had COVID, and, and COVID was so hard for pastors. Pastor, pastoring a church with all the decisions you had to make or not make around COVID was so difficult. It, let, it left pastors burnt out right through the country. And that was in amongst that. And, you know, you, you're just going lower and lower and lower. And then we um, needed to um, build a house because our house didn't, no longer suited our family. And, gosh, that was uh, a big job and a big effort and stresses and pressures with labour and materials going up. And, ah, oh, you know, we got through that. And then all of a sudden, energy came back to me. And I'm talking like five, six years of just soldiering on and then we, we just got to the end of that season and energy just fell in, back into my tank and I've been running uh, Real Talk, uh, my life group, and I've been doing uh, work with Lucky with gang members, mainly men, and it's like, yes, finally I've got to what God showed me all those years ago. And it, it's, it's okay. You know, God can give you, just like Joseph, God can show you some things and then take you on a journey where you don't want to go. But eventually that J will bottom out and you will come back up again and you can remember your dream. And God will do what he says he'll do. And God is the one who can resurrect any dream any place, any situation. Can I get the band up now, please? Dreams are encounters with God. Connect with your creator and dream again. 
I want us to sing that song, The Goodness of God, and uh, just as a time of reflection, because as Lisa shared this morning, uh, when you're in the bottom of the J-curb, you don't feel like singing. But sing anyway, because he is the God of the resurrection. And his goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. It's his promise to us in Psalm 23. And even when we don't realize it, his goodness and his mercy is there. Even when we look at the life of Joseph and he's in that prison, God's goodness and mercy was there. God is sovereign. And if he says he's going to uh, do it, he will do it. So wherever we are in our life on that J-curve, why don't we stand up and choose to worship him and sing the goodness of God.